Hebrews chapter 11. I'm excited about God's word today. If you've been here the last few weeks, you know that we're in a series called The Walk. And we're really discussing what it means to walk with God, what it means to be in a relationship with God where you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, where God is your Father, and you're learning how to walk through life with Him being involved in everything that goes on in life. And let me just take just a minute and recap real quickly. In this series, we've answered a number of questions from the Word. We've talked about what just happened to me. I asked God into my life. I accepted Jesus as my Savior. What just happened to me? We explained that from Scripture, what it means to experience salvation and start this life of salvation. We talked in our second week about how is life different now. We need to understand when Jesus Christ becomes our Savior, we're born of the Spirit. We, we enter into this new life. 2 Corinthians 5 says that everything changes and we become new creations in Christ. So we talked about how is life different now. And then in the third week, we talked about prayer. Can I really talk with God? And we really made prayer simple. It's a great message, great teaching that I guarantee you will help you understand the simplicity and the power of prayer. And then last week, we answered the question, what do I do with this Bible? Everybody who first started following God has run into that, that question. What do I do with this Bible? Where do I start? We talked about why God's Word is important, that the Bible is God's Word. And today I want to springboard off of that. And let me say that today we're going to talk about faith, what it means to be in a relationship of faith with God, to walk by faith, to live by faith. And then next week we're going to cap it off in the finale of this series. And I promise you, these last two weeks will tie together everything that we've been teaching and help you understand what this relationship with God is all about. So today we want to address the question, what does it mean to live by faith. If you've been around church very long, you've heard people talk about living by faith, walking by faith. What does that really mean? Well, the Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. What it's literally saying is we walk by what God's Word says and not by other opinions, other emotions, not what our natural senses can touch, but we walk in the power and the promises of God's Word because God's Word is absolutely true. And we're going to talk about what that really means today. But let me, let me start this message by illustrating this to you. Each week as I go through this series, I kind of, you know, take some walks during my message because that's what we're talking about, the walk. Walking through life with God, being in relationship with God where it's not a matter of me visiting God on Sundays. It's not a matter of me having a brief conversation each day and walking away until the next week or the next day. It's about me being in a relationship where every day I'm walking hand in hand with God through life. But how many of you know that this walk with God is a walk of faith. Have you seen God this morning? Did you smell his morning breath this morning? Have you in any way touched him with your natural senses? Probably not. Because this walk with God is a walk of faith. From beginning to end, it is a walk of faith. But when I say it's a walk of faith, what good is it to try to be in relationship with God and not have faith. If you're going to walk with God, you have to learn how to walk in faith. 
in context, if you go back and read this verse, when it says, we walk by faith and not by sight, if you go back and read it in context, it's literally talking about dying. It's talking about the fact that if we die and we leave this body, we have a body prepared for us in heaven. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And isn't that how salvation begins for most of us? We come to God because we're thinking about eternity and we're concerned about eternity. And we have this assurance in our heart. We have this faith, this conviction that says God is real. He gave his son for me. He's made plans to give me eternal life beyond this life. And we grab hold and say, yeah, I believe. But then the rest of our lives, we look to eternity, living by faith, believing that God has plans beyond this life. That's the context of this verse of Scripture. But yet what God wants us to recognize today, it's not just living our life saying, well, okay, I got into this thing by faith and I'm just going to wait and see and maybe at the end of this life there's eternal life there, so I'm just going to wait and see what happens. That's not what God's talking about. He wants us to understand by faith we step into this life and this walk and this relationship with God. Now he wants us to learn how to walk every day in faith understanding the greatness and the fullness and all the promises that are written in his word. God wants us to learn to live and walk by faith. Romans 1.17 says, the just shall live by faith. That You find that verse, those words, at least three places in the Bible. The just shall live by faith. The just means those who've been justified, those who are in relationship with God, who live just as if they've never sinned. We taught that the very first week of this series. The just shall not just get in by faith, not just enter into relationship by faith, but the just must learn to live every day of their lives by faith. Jesus said, the thief, Satan, comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. How do we enter into that abundant everyday life? We enter into it by faith. So today we're going to talk about walking by faith. And very quickly this morning, because I know our time is short because of dedicating babies and children and so forth. But I want to move quickly today. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to answer five questions about faith. Number one, what is faith? What is faith? It's always interesting when you try to illustrate something that you can't really touch with your senses. And faith is one of those things. The walk of faith is not understood through natural man. But let's look at Hebrews 11, 1. Let's read this first and see what it says. Now, faith is, here's a scriptural definition of faith. Faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. It's the substance of things we hope for. Now, pause here just a moment. Faith is the substance of what we're hoping for. So faith exists even when what we believe hasn't yet been manifested in our lives. Faith is substance that we know it exists, we know it's out there, but we haven't possessed it yet in a natural way. Faith is the substance of the things that we hope for. Anytime you see the word hope in the New Testament, it doesn't mean wish. You know, in English, when you say, well, I'm hoping this happens, what you're really saying is, well, I'm wishing this happens. But in the New Testament, when you see the word hope, it literally means expect or expectation. 
So faith is the substance of the things that we expect from God. Think about that for a moment. Faith is the substance of the things that we expect from God. Well, how, how do you expect God? How do you have this expectation that God's going to do this? It's because I have faith. And faith says it's coming. I'm expecting it to happen. But the second part of the verse says, faith is also the evidence of things not seen. My senses can't touch it. My eyes haven't seen it. My ears haven't heard it. My nose hasn't smelled it. My fingers haven't put it. I haven't put my tongue on it and tasted it, but I know it exists. How do you know? Because I have faith. Faith is substance. Faith is evidence. The simplest example of this is your relationship with God, your salvation. You believe that God has saved you from your sins. You believe that Jesus died for you. How many of you saw Jesus die on the cross? You believe Jesus was raised from the dead. How many of you have seen the tomb and you saw Jesus walk out of the tomb? How many of you saw him after his resurrection? We believe things we have not seen, but we know they're true. How do we know? Because God has given us faith. And we know we're believing things that our senses may not grasp, but faith brings us the reality that God is going to do exactly what he said he would do. Interesting, faith always faith always is used as an action word it's a verb it's not just a mental assent to something okay okay i'll accept that it's not that faith believes something so strongly that it actually reaches out towards god to grab what god has promised to us to walk by faith not by sight simply means i now live my life through the understanding of the word of god and what he says about every situation of life. Number two, why is faith important? Why is faith important? Go on down in Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse number six. Let's read it together. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, speaking of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that God is that he exists, and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's interesting. The first part of this verse gives us the principle that begins to answer this question. Why is faith important? Because it is absolutely essential. It is a necessity to walk with God that you learn to have faith in what God says. Because without faith, you cannot please God. You know, every now and then I run across somebody who starts talking about experiences in church. And this week I ran across a, a young man who was talking about his background. And he said, man, there was so much that, uh, do's and don'ts and stuff. They jammed down my throat. And when I became an adult, I just kind of ran the opposite direction. And he told me, he said, I still believe in God. It's just I'm having a hard time sorting all this stuff out. Well, can I simplify life for everybody today? You know what God wants from you? One thing. He wants you to believe him. God wants to be believed. It's that simple. When God says something, he wants you to grab it and say, yes, this is the truth. I wrap my heart around it and I will invest my entire life believing what God has said. That's what faith is. God wants to be believed. And, and the bottom line is God's word is either true or it's a lie. 
Now, if I were to ask a question this morning, do you believe this is the word of God? Most of the people in this place raise a hand or say amen or something. Say, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe that's the word of God. Do you believe God tells the truth? Do you believe he tells the truth some of the time, most of the time? Or do you believe God always tells the truth? Either God tells the truth or he's absolutely undependable. It's one of two things. If you believe one thing he says, then you need to believe everything he says. Otherwise, he's not God. The word of God is either true or false. And this passage of scripture, put verse 6 back up for just a moment. Look at the last part of it. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God rewards those who believe him. God rewards those who release their faith back to God and believe God with all of their hearts. There is a great reward in believing God. And basically, faith brings the conviction. It convinces us that what God says is the truth. Now, number three, when does the walk of faith begin? Where does it begin? There's a passage of scripture from Ephesians, and I'm going to quote part of it to you, chapter 2. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. I hear people all the time saying, well, you know, we're saved by grace, we're saved by grace, we're saved by grace. That's only half the equation, according to scripture. We are saved by grace through faith. And I know some of you have heard me share this so many times, it's like, oh boy, here we go again. But I, but I got to do it for those who've not yet heard it or haven't yet grasped it. What God does is he extends forgiveness to us. He extends this gift of grace, forgiveness, eternal life. He extends it to all of us. And he says, here, this is yours. I give this to you freely. You cannot earn it. You cannot deserve it. Here is this gift of grace that will change your life and change your eternal destination. But it becomes my responsibility to say, yes, I believe you. And then to reach up with my heart and grab it and wrap my heart around it and believe it. That's what brings salvation into our lives. That's what begins our relationship with God. Please see this. It's God extending grace and us reaching up by faith and taking it. As a matter of fact, throughout the New Testament, when you see the word receive and it talks about receiving from God, that word receive almost every time means to reach up and take what God is extending to us. So by grace, we're saved through faith. This walk of faith begins when we believe Jesus Christ to be our Savior and the Lord of our lives. Let me give you another illustration of this. One of the most simple, clear scriptures of the Bible, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. What is that? That's the extension of grace. That whoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. What does belief do? Belief reaches up and says, yes, God, I believe you. And it takes hold of what God has extended to us. Now, why am I stressing this so much this morning? I'm stressing this because I want you to understand where faith begins. The walk of faith began when you asked God into your life and you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You realize, I am a sinner. I am lost in sin. I need a Savior. I believe Jesus died for my sins, was raised from the dead because God accepted his sacrifice, and I put my faith in Jesus, and I put my faith in God. That's when the walk of faith begins. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this, another illustration of it. It says, if you confess with your mouths the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. 
What do we see? We see the extension of grace and we see the acceptance of faith where a person believes and doesn't just have a mental assent to God, but they speak with their own mouths and say, I believe, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's when the walk of faith begins. And here's why I'm stressing this so much this morning. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's not the end of the walk. That's just the beginning. Because those two principles, grace extended and faith receiving, those two principles work the same way all the rest of your life throughout eternity as you walk with God. It's grace and faith, grace and faith, grace and faith. And I'm going to show you from Scripture this morning exactly what we're talking about. Number four, how does faith work? Now, I've got to go through a lot of Scripture this morning, and I'm going to do it quickly, so I'm not going to have you turn to all of them. As a matter of fact, we, we won't look at any of the Scriptures together, but, but I want you to just hear what God's Word says about faith. First of all, faith comes from God's Word. There's something about opening up this book and beginning to read it. There's something about sitting down with God and saying, God, show me truth, speak into my life. And you begin to read the words on these pages. We talked about this last week. God's Word is alive. It's powerful. It is so clear it even divides between soul and spirit, between mental things and spiritual things. But here's what I want you to see today. Faith comes, according to Romans, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. How did you begin this relationship with God? How did you begin the walk? You heard the message, and you responded to it and said, yes, I believe. It may have been in a church service like this. It may have been sitting in a restaurant with friends. It may have been at someone's uh, home. It may have been just walking around a neighborhood and someone sharing with you. I don't know where it happened for you, but this walk begins when we hear the Word of God, when we hear the story of the cross, when we hear how much God loves us. And what do we do? We respond to that message and we say yes to God. Why? Because faith, the conviction that it's true, comes by hearing the Word of God. When you read Scripture, and this is the best way I know to, to explain it, when you read Scripture, the DNA that's in Scripture, that's alive, the Word of God is alive and powerful, the DNA of Scripture includes faith. When you read Scripture, faith comes with it. You heard the story of Jesus. Faith came with it. You embraced it. You put your faith in God. And now what God says is, okay, let's get beyond the one story of the book that started this whole thing, and let's continue because all throughout this book, I'm going to give you more information and more information and more information, and the more you understand, the more you embrace, the more you will see me getting involved in the situations of your life. You have to embrace God by faith. We embrace God we embrace his word. We embrace his promises by faith. And here's what happens. You hear the story of Jesus. You hear the story of salvation. You're going to do one of two things. You're going to accept it and embrace it, or you're going to reject it. You're going to say, no, I refuse to come to faith. Anytime you open up scriptures, there are going to be things that challenge you because it comes against natural thinking and it brings God's thinking into the picture. And God says, okay, what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the natural man, what your senses say, or are you going to believe what God says about this situation? 
You see, we can grow our faith. We can shrink our faith. We can walk away from our faith. We can choose to believe God and not believe God. Some of us are struggling right now in this building with the promise that God has given us. And we're trying to figure out, is this reliable? Can I trust God with this today? And something inside of you keeps turning over saying, yes, 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 believe it. You know what that is? That's faith. And God says, grow that faith. Every time I open up this book and begin to read, it feeds my faith. And it encourages me to believe God in everything that he says about my life. God's trying to grow my faith. 2 Peter chapter 1 says this. Well, how does faith work? Well, it says that God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. That by those promises, we can become partakers of God's divine nature. Let me simplify that for you. God's given us promises that what he has in heaven in the supernatural realm, the God realm, can be brought to earth into our lives. Jesus said, pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? In earth as it is where? In heaven. We talked through this and we talked about prayer. When we pray, he said, ask for the things that you need and understand that God has given us promises. Everybody say promises. God has given us promises so that he can get heaven to earth in our lives. Somebody in this room today has said this week, man, right now life is hell for me. Can I tell you something? God wants to bring heaven into your life and push hell right out of your life. And he needs you to understand he'll do it by giving you promises. Believe him. Believe him. Throughout his word, Old Testament and New Testament, God has made hundreds of promises to us. And God is looking for people who will believe what he said about us. Remember in, in the second week of this series, I told you something. It's critically important. I talked about the fact that we need to know what this word says because this word reveals God to us. It tells us what God is like. It also tells us what God wants to do in our lives. And we talked out of Romans 8 about being the children of God. And here's the thing. If you don't know what God has said about you, if you don't know what God has said you can become, if you don't understand all the promises God has given you, if you don't learn the promises, you don't know what to expect from God and you don't know what to walk into. But as you begin to read and learn the promises of God, it causes you to want to walk into more and more and more and all that God has for your life. If you don't know what God says about you, then you don't know what you can become. If you don't know what God has promised to you, you don't know what is rightfully yours as a child of God. And here's the thing. Our economy, our world, let's just take our world, okay? United States, we have dollars and cents by which our economy functions. We have a currency. You know, we don't use currency much nowadays. It's usually, you know, ATM cards or credit cards and, and this and that. We don't see a lot of cash like we used to. But yet there is a cash, a currency that we use in our nation. Uh, in other nations, they have their own currency. Each nation has its own kind of currency. And it has different values. If we get down to basics, there, there's gold and there's silver. There's precious metals that are worth a lot of money. They're, they're valuable. But basically, every society has a currency. 
And when you start talking about the kingdom of God, please hear this. If you get this today, this is going to liberate some people. When you start talking about the kingdom of God, God doesn't deal in dollars and cents because he doesn't need America's dollars and cents. He doesn't need the euro. He doesn't need the British pound. He doesn't need the rupees. He doesn't need anybody's currency because God has his own currency. But God's currency is his promises. The promises of God are the currency of the kingdom of God. When you need something from God, what does he give you? He gives you a promise and says, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Take it and cash it. Walk it out and just see if I don't do what I said I would do for you. It's currency. And God wants me to attach my faith to his currency. Can you imagine going to the store and walking in and you, you, know, you get a bunch of groceries? And okay, that'll be uh, $48. Oh, and 37 cents. Um, what? $48.37. Well, all I've got in my pocket is a bunch of these paper things. Well, that's the currency. What if you went to the store and you said, uh, you know, I, I don't believe I can take $42.37 and buy groceries with that. What would you do? You'd turn and walk out, walk out of the store and walk away empty-handed. But currency will do that. God says, you don't need dollars and cents. You need my promises. Take my promise and believe and give it back to me and act on it in faith and just see what I will do. I'll give you another illustration. Some of you got that, but let me give you one more. This week, I got a letter in the mail from the state of California. How many of you know when you hear from the government, it's rarely good news? You know that? Isn't it funny? They, don't, they, never, they never send you greeting cards. You know, you never get Christmas cards from them. But boy, I tell you what, if something goes wrong, so I'm thinking, oh, what is this? So I, I broke it open and I looked at it. And the first thing it says in the top right-hand corner is, this is not a bill. And I said, hallelujah, isn't that good news? Because <laughs> that's the second thing I expect from the state. So I'm looking at this and, and I start reading through this thing. And, and it basically, here's what it says. It says in, in, I think it was 2012, I think it was, so it's like almost five years ago now, your insurance company, one of your insurance companies, sent you a refund check for 60-something dollars and some odd cents, and you never cashed the check. So here's what's going to happen. You need to contact the insurance company. It gave me the phone number and so forth. Contact the insurance company, identify yourself, and they will tell you how to get your money back. How many wish that you could get one of those letters in the mail every day? Wouldn't that be wonderful? I'm thinking, okay, cool, 60, whatever it was, 60-something dollars and some odd cents. Awesome. So what I did, I picked up the phone, and I called the phone number at my insurance company, and I, they put me on hold for several minutes to get a you know, recorded message. I wait and I wait. After several minutes, finally, it shifts and it goes to another line and I get another recorded message. And it says, if you're calling about your refund on your insurance, here's what you need to do. And it gave me like nine things to do. You know, I called them to say, this is Gary Martin, send me my money. And what do I get? I get nine more things that I need to do to get my 60-something dollars. So now I have to start weighing out, is doing these nine things worth getting my $67? Or I just, do I just want to forget about it? But do you know what I'm going to do? I didn't write it down, so i got to go back and do it over this week. I listen to the messages. I'm going to write down all those things, and I'm going to send all the information back to them. You know why? Because they told me if I will do that, Within four to six weeks, I will get my money back. 
And I think it's worth 60-something dollars for me to wait four to six weeks to get my $66 back. It's worth it to me. So I'm going to do it. But it's amazing how many times we read God's Word and God says, here, here's a letter for you. I want to meet this need in your life. And we say, well, I don't know. That's just too much hassle to go through all that. And I might have to wait four to six weeks. I don't want to wait four to six weeks. It's amazing. We'll believe the insurance company and we'll believe the state of California, but we will not believe God. I don't have a lot of faith in some of my insurance companies. How many of you are really wondering if, if that insurance company is going to send me my 60-something dollars? <laughs> Can I tell you something? I'll make, I'll, make, I'll make Republicans and Democrats both mad at me. I don't have a lot of confidence that if the state had my money, they'd send it to me either, okay? But here's the thing. I've got a lot of confidence that if God says, I've got $67.14 for you, if I'll do what he told me to do and believe him, four to six weeks, my check's going to be in the mail. I'm going to cash that baby, and I'm going to have that 60-something dollars. Why don't I believe God the way I believe my insurance company? Jesus said, heaven and earth, the words of your insurance company are going to pass away, but the word of God's not going to pass away. You can take it to the bank. It's the currency of the kingdom of God, and I've got to keep moving forward. But friend, I'm here to tell you today, you need to believe what God said because God will absolutely do for you what he said he would do. And you have the assurance when you have faith in your heart. Number five, last question. When will I need faith well for most of us it's every single day of your life for we walk by faith not by sight John chapter 16 Jesus said in the world you're going to have challenges you're going to have some problems some tribulation stuff isn't always going to go the way you want it to go they're going to be challenges. As a matter of fact, 1 Peter and James chapter 1 also tells us that there are going to be challenges in life, different kinds of challenges that we face. But when we walk these challenges out, trusting the promises of God, it grows our faith. It strengthens our faith. It purifies our faith. It teaches us patience. It basically says, keep walking. You've been walking for three weeks. Within two to three weeks, your answer is going to be here. It causes us to absolutely believe God but these challenges we face in life please hear me today faith is not to keep you from being challenged faith is for you to overcome and beat the challenge and see God's provision in every single area of your life you are going to be challenged the enemy is going to come against you some things are going to go wrong what are you going to do then I'm going to trust God and believe his promises because God's word will not fail God will take what looks like a defeat and turn it around into a victory but I got to trust God here's what I've learned as I come to the conclusion of my message for every challenge in life God has given us a promise if you search the scripture every challenge in life God has given us a promise for that situation every one of them and God says, what are you going to believe? The lies of the enemy? The destruction the enemy's trying to throw your way? The shortage that's come your way? You're going to believe that's going to be the end story? Or are you going to believe that God's going to meet your need? What do you 
believe. John chapter 7, Jesus said, if you have spiritual needs, if you believe God and cry out to him, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Can I tell you today, if you're spiritually struggling, if you're spiritually hurting, if you'll reach up to God and cry out to God and believe him, God will cause the Holy Spirit to just flow out of your life and begin to meet all the spiritual hunger, all the spiritual need, all that you're dealing with in the spiritual realm. God will bring it all to rest if you cry out to him and believe him today. Not only that, Philippians chapter 4, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Philippians chapter 4 talks about mental stress, emotional stress, going through moments of fear, going through moments of anguish. He says, when you get into those situations that bring anguish and emotional pressure on you, he said, do not give up, do not give in. He said, talk to God about it. Pray, give it back to God. And he said, if you'll do that, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. God will hold you in that moment. He's given you a promise, so talk to him about the stress that's in your life today. He's given us promises for spiritual things, for mental and emotional things. He's also given us promises about physical things. I love Isaiah 53. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Because Isaiah the prophet looked forward several hundred years to see the birth of Jesus and more importantly, the death of Jesus, the crucifixion. And on the cross, he saw this picture. He, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by the stripes they put upon his back, it says, we are healed. James and Peter both referred to the scripture later on, but 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter said that by his stripes we were healed. It's a done deal. Believe God for your healing. You may be sitting in this room today battling sickness and disease, but I'm going to tell you, in spite of what the doctors say, Jesus is still your healer. He's already paid the price for what you need from him today. Believe it. Believe it. That's the promise of God. By his stripes we're healed. Not only that, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6 specifically, was talking about physical needs, material needs. He said, don't worry about this stuff that you need in the natural. God knows you need it. Learn to live one day at a time trusting God and believing God. Jesus said, look at the lilies of the field. They don't toil. They don't try to make things happen. God takes care of them. Look at the birds. God feeds it. Did you know if man had to feed the birds of the earth one day, it would bankrupt man's economy? Here we are struggling. Well, can God meet my need? Jesus said he takes care of the birds. He'll take care of you. Quit worrying about this and trust God. You do your part, and then you believe God to do the things that you cannot do. He will take care of your material and physical needs. Why? Because he's made that promise to you. Promise after promise after promise. Spiritual, material, mental, emotional, physical. Maybe you say, yeah, but... But here's my need today. You didn't mention my need. Well, let me just tell you, wrap it all up. In Philippians chapter number 4, verse 19, Paul said, And my God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Did you know all of our needs combined cannot bankrupt heaven? We're never going to use up all of his resources. He says, believe me, believe me, believe me. Today I want to pray for needs. As we do this series, I'm going to tell you, it's essential that we learn to walk by faith. 
We're going to pray today, and you may not see an answer in 10 minutes. You may not see it in 10 hours or 10 days, even 10 months. But I encourage you to believe the Word of God. Several weeks ago, first of the year, we spent several days looking at Mark eleven twenty four. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you received them. Believe that you received them. Believe that you received them, and you will have them. I want to pray for needs today. And I want to thank you for your patience. I know we're a little longer because of baby dedications. We're almost finished. I want to pray two prayers. I don't want anybody in this house to miss out on an opportunity to believe God for an answer in your life today. So what I want to do first is this. I want to pray a prayer that will give you an opportunity to embrace Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never put your faith in God, but you've listened today or you've heard others talk about it. God loved you so much, he put his own son on a cross who was sinless. He put him on a cross, crucified him, tortured him to bear your sins so that you could become a child of God forever. If that's ringing in your heart today and you're realizing, you know what? I need God in my life. I need Jesus to be my Savior. How do I do that? You do it through faith. You embrace what God has said. I want to lead you in a prayer where you simply confess with your mouth what God has said he will do for you and put your faith in him today. I'm going to ask everybody in the house to pray this with me. Bow your heads this morning. Everybody write out loud. You don't have to yell it and scream it, but everybody in the house, pray this with me. Say, God, I need you. I open my life to you today. I believe you. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. He died for my sins. You raised him from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Savior. And I want Jesus to become the Lord of my life. So I give my life back to you. Teach me your ways. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to begin my journey with you right now. I'm going to trust you all the days of my life throughout eternity thank you for accepting me as your child you are my father in Jesus name amen now I'll share more in just a moment but I want to pray right now one more prayer I want to pray for everyone who has a need today physical, spiritual material, mental situation, maybe it's a situation at home Maybe I haven't even described your need, but God will supply all of our need. If you've got a need today, and this is not a game, this is not superstition, it's not magical, it's a statement of faith. If you've got a need today and you want God to meet a need in your life, I want you to stand to your feet. Would you do that for me? I want to pray for you today. We're going to pray one great mass prayer here in just a moment. See, look around the room today. When are you going to need faith? You're probably going to need faith every single day of your life. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray a prayer for the needs that we've talked about today. What I want you to do is I want you to grab the promise that God has made about your situation. If it's physical, you know what it is. If it's spiritual, you know what it is. If it's material, you know what it is. I've given you verses. You may know other verses that you want to use. I want you to grab the promise that God has made today, and I want you to take hold of that promise and say, this is the currency of the kingdom of God. I'm going to believe this is what God's going to do in my life, and I'm going to live and walk it out by faith. I'm going to keep walking towards my answer until it comes. So I'm going to pray for you right now. 
What I want you to do is this. Just open your hands like this, like you're giving your need to God. I want to pray for you right now. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, all over this room right now, there are people who are looking to you in faith. We've heard your promises. We've heard your word. We believe you today. Now, Father, I'm asking you to be the God you said you are and do the things you said you would do, physical things right now. I pray by the stripes of Jesus that healing virtue would flow in this building right now. The thing we've been leaving you for for months and months and months, it comes to a conclusion. It's done now in the name of Jesus. Let healing virtue flow. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Father, I pray right now for those who have spiritual needs or fighting spiritual battles. In the name of Jesus, we cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let the Spirit of God spring up within and become a well of water springing up and flowing out of our lives that washes away the dysfunction of the past and the misunderstanding of the past that walks us in to all of your blessing. Father, I pray for those who are fighting mental battles right now and emotional battles, and I speak the peace of God over this house right now. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. I come against the spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind, and I break the grip of fear in this house, and I command it to go off of people's lives right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now for blessing upon people's life, for material blessing. You said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Father, we're not going to wrestle with things that we cannot fix, but we're going to give them to you, and we're going to do our part and then trust you to be our God and meet physical, material, financial needs in the name of Jesus. And Father, for anything else represented right now, you promised that you would supply all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God, we know we cannot bankrupt heaven, so I believe you right now for my need. Go ahead and tell God his promise right now. Tell him what it is. Give it back to him right now. Father, here's the currency of the kingdom. Here's what you promised for us. By faith, we give it back to you, and we ask you to do it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's give God praise in his house today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. If I can go back to my analogy, folks, We've given it back to God. We've filled out all the paperwork. Now let's just expect God. It's in the mail. The check will be here in the next few days. Believe God. Believe God. Believe God. For those of you who don't understand my excitement, please forgive me, but I've been living this life for a lot of years, and it works, friends. I'm telling you, God will not fail you. He will not. He will not. Because his word is absolutely true. Amen. Amen. Be seated one more minute, please. Now I'm going to turn to part two of this message. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Last thing this morning, maybe you're here today and maybe, you know, maybe today is the first time you've ever really prayed a prayer and put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you're still trying to figure it all out and sort it out. That's okay. You know, we, we can only interact with God based on the information that we know. We've got a little tool here called The Next Seven Days. It's a simple booklet, a little bit of reading for each of the next seven days to help you begin this walk with God, this relationship with God. We want to give it to you. When we're finished here in a few moments, there'll be prayer teams at the front of the building. If you want special prayer for something going on in your life, come on down. But if you want to get one of these books, just walk on down to the front. Just tell one of these teams, say, hey, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right here, no strings attached. If you're in a hurry and you need to go, we'll not hold you. If you want to ask some questions, you want to visit, you want prayer for something else, they're here to help you. 
If you're in a really, really, really big rush, you can go out to the lobby, to the foyer, to the connection center right there in the middle where those tables are set up right in the middle of the, of the lobby area. Ask for the booklet. If you can't remember the name the next seven days, they'll know what you need. Say, can I get the book? They'll give it to you right there. We simply want to help you get started walking with God, okay? How many have enjoyed being in God's house today? Have you enjoyed church? If you're in relationship with God, you've already started walking by faith. So keep walking. Learn the promises and walk them all out in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Stand to your feet. Have a great, great Sunday.